Well, welcome to church this morning. Hey, go ahead and high-five two people before you've seated around you. Say, man, it's good to see you. Good to see you at church this morning. As you're doing that, I want to welcome those of you joining us online today for Online Church. So glad that you've logged in for church and uh, whatever city, state, country you're in, you're part of the family. So thank you for joining us. Make sure that you jump in the group chat. We'd love to hear from you as well. Any prayer requests, put it in there as well. Thank you for joining us online. If this is your first Sunday here at Mountain Park Church, we're so honored that you would join us. Uh, please do us a favor, stop by our new here, Start Your Tent. It's located just outside the front doors. We have a gift for you. And then please join me on the team on September 4th uh, after the, the second service. We have a luncheon for you, Discover Mountain Park. We have great, uh, gr just come for the food. It's amazing. And you'll get to meet the team and we'll get to know you and answer any questions that you have. So mark your calendar September 4th. Well, uh, I know at the last service, our Honduran medical missions team logged in for 9 a.m. And, uh, and while they're working, and man, they've been working so hard and just serving so many people in, in Honduras. And so we got a little 10-second video clip, so let's take a look at, at some of the work they've been doing. Isn't that great? It's amazing. And I want to encourage you, keep praying for them. They've still got two more days today. Tomorrow they're going to be pushing. Tuesday they fly back. And uh, I just want you to know that part of your giving, you know, sometimes people are like, well, we give to the church. What's going on? Part of your giving is, is being used right there to meet the needs of those that can't see a doctor, can't afford that. And so that's your giving in action. And so well done, church. Come on, give yourself a hand for that. We're making a difference in the world. And so that is so beautiful. Well, you would have noticed coming in that uh, there are boards, there are uh, ICs out there, and this, it was crazy walking in. And this is Jump In Sunday. And some of you might say, well, what is Jump In Sunday? It's an opportunity for you to jump in here at Mountain Park Church. And when I say jump in, we have so many areas that we're just looking for people. Uh, there's a role for you to, to jump in. And, you know, how many of you remember our vision statement from last week? Shout it out. Come on. Some of you are like, oh, I don't know how much. Uh, shout it out. What's up? Realize your role in what? God's story. Yeah. What does that mean? That means for you, when you come to Mountain Park Church, our, our goal and our desire is that you realize your role in God's story. There's a role for you here at Mountain Park Church. And so we spoke about last week, the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, that Jesus said his last words to disciples were what? Go out into the world and do what? He said, teach people, baptize them, make disciples. And that goes, I'm with you. He says, hey, come on, we're gonna get this message through. And it's not the great omission, meaning we can avoid it, it's the Great Commission. We've got to pick it up, every single one of us. And we spoke about the cause of Christ, that Christ, the cause of Christ is that everybody should come to repentance and salvation. You know, I shared this last week, is that Jesus is coming back for His church. And the church is what? People. He's not coming back for my theology. He's not coming back for your success and your wealth and, and, and you know how great you look on the outside. He's not coming back for your opinion. He's coming back for people. 
And there's a time and he's coming and that's the end. The Bible says that's the end. And then it's the judgment. And so while we're living, if, if you're a Christ follower today, your, your role is to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. You see, we want you to discover your role. And then our mission, our mission is what? Our mission is to invite people outside your workplace, your kid's school, your favorite coffee shop or restaurant or gym or wherever you go, the places that you go, we're to invite people to what? Realize their role in God's story. We're to go and tell them. Paul writes, how will they know unless someone tells them? Guess what? You're the someone. So yeah, at Mountain Park, guess what? We, we want to grow. We want to grow wide. What does that mean? Every empty seed, as I said last week, every empty seed is an empty life that needs Jesus. It's somebody who's waiting for an invitation. And so make sure, I'm so proud, so many of you took invite cards. I, I hope that you've given those out. I hope that you, you're sharing. I saw some of you posting on social media a photo of the invite card. I love it. But come on, let's, let's fill the empty seats. Well, Pastor, you, wanna, you just want a big church. No, 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 no. I want to get as many people to heaven as what I can. That's what I want for all of us. Let's get as many people to come to Jesus. Well, does that mean you want five services? Uh, you know what? I'll take five, I'll take 10, I'll take 20, I don't care. You know, you go to the largest church in South Korea, you know they have church every day, five services every day. Church is over 750,000. I went to go, I went there, I went and studied and prayer is a big part of what they're doing. They have prayer mountain, it's amazing. But you know what, we need to reach people. But today we're gonna shift gears a bit because last week I spoke to you about, you know, we're not on a cruise ship, the love boat, remember? We're on what? A battleship. See, we're in the battle. We're in an eternal battle. You see, you might be a Christian today, a Christ follower. Great, your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. What does that mean? Your last breath on earth is your first breath in heaven. Your name's written there, great. You see, the devil says, okay, lost you. That's okay, but as long as you don't invite others with you, he's good, he's lost you. But you, you just go on the lifeboat, come to church and have a great time and clap and enjoy. No, no, we're on a battleship. There are souls at stake. There are people that don't know Jesus. And so we wanna grow wide. And I spoke to you last week that we gotta make sure that we get planted, because Psalm 92 says those planted in the house of God, those that put roots down and get planted, they what? They flourish. We want you to flourish at Mountain Park Church. We, we want, want to flourish in, in your life, your walk with God, flourish in your marriage. That's why we have Marriage Mondays. We want you to flourish as a man. That's why we have hope for men and Bible studies for men. We want you to flourish as a woman of God. And that's our goal. We want you to, your kids to flourish in our kids' ministry and our, our youth on Sunday morning and Sunday night for your, your junior high and high school kid. We have youth for them so that they can come learn about Jesus. Because every day the world is bombing them with all kinds of junk. But they need to know the truth. They need to know about Jesus. So we, we want you to get planted. We don't want you to be potted. What is, last week I spoke about that. So many Christians are potted. What does that mean? They'll only grow to the limitation of the pot. And the minute they get offended, what do they do? Pastor, I don't like Pastor Charlton. He speaks funny and he pushes me too much and he keeps drilling. Maybe that's the Holy Spirit drilling on you. Just saying, well, I don't like him, so let me pick up my pot and go to the church down the road. And then they offend you and you jump to another church and you never get planted and that's why you're not flourishing. Get planted so that God can begin to do great things in your life. You see, we wanna grow wide. 
in reaching people. But today we're going to talk about growing deep because at Mountain Park Church, we want both. I don't just want a church that is filled because why? Because it's shallow. I want us to, to reach as many, relational evangelism, but also want us to go relationally, discipleship deep. We need to be grounded because the time is coming, the Bible says, in the end where things are going to get worse, my friend. It's in the Bible. Are you a prophet of doom? No, go read the Bible. It's going to get worse in the end. But if you are planted in the house of God and you're planted in Jesus, you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. So we're going to talk about that today, being planted and taking your next step. And today we're going to drill down on what that looks like. I'm excited today. Pastor Jan's on stage. He's not a model today or a prop. <laughs> Pastor Jan, Pastor Jan, adult ministry team, Pastor Dwayne, Ali, Greg, and the staff. We've been, we've been working on some things over the last couple of months, and we're really defining a discipleship and leadership pipeline, and, and we, because we want to grow wide, but we want to grow deep, and, and I'm so excited. Pastor Jan's going to, there's so much layers to this, but we're going to start at the top because we want you to get planted. So give it up for Pastor Jan. Morning, everyone. So grateful to be here and to talk about this with you guys today. Uh, what I get to share about today, what I'm going I'm to do is I'm going to give you just a, a tiny peek, a little pull back the curtain on an intentional, comprehensive approach to cultivating mature disciples of Jesus Christ who are flourishing in every area of their life. <laughs> That's what we're doing today. Uh, and I got 20 minutes, so it's piece of cake, right? No, but when I say comprehensive, like I'm talking like we've got charts, we've got 11 by 17s, we've got pages upon pages, we've got resources, we've got trainings, all of these things today that we're going to be, that, well, we're not going to go through all those today. Today, you just get a little taste, just a little taste. So what I'm going to talk about today, first off, I want you to know that everything that we're talking about today, all this, this approach is all rooted in scripture. That we look at Jesus, we look at the Bible and we say, how do we make disciples the way Jesus wants us to make disciples, okay? And so I'm going to go over a few things with you. First, one, I'm going to go over five guiding principles for discipleship. Okay, again, all rooted in scripture, five guiding principles that we are going to use here at Mountain Park to, to build our ministries, to shape our approach, to shape our leadership and everything that we do around these five guiding principles. And for some of you, this is gonna seem like just theory that's all the way up here. Others of you, you're like me and you love it. And then, uh, so then we're gonna do, after those five guiding principles, we're gonna do, talk about three what we call dispositions of a disciple. Okay, and this is where we're gonna look really practically at where you are and where we are and how we take our next step, okay? So let's start with five guiding principles for making disciples here at Mountain Park, okay? Five principles. Principle number one, moving people to increasing levels of maturity in Christ is optional. No is essential to our mission. Everybody say essential. essential. What does essential mean? You have to have it. What happens if you don't have something essential? You get sick or die, right? That's what we're talking about. When we say essential, we don't mean optional. We mean absolutely essential. Moving people to increasing levels of maturity in Christ is essential to our mission. I love that, that I get to be part of a church where people who have never heard of Jesus before can experience him for the first time here. 
I love that we have a church where people who are broken, who are hurting, who maybe think they have it all together, who think that, that God was just some creation of man to explain the unexplainable, can come to our church, feel safe, and experience the love and truth of Jesus for the first time because I was one of those people. Yeah. So I love, I love that we get to be that church. And Jesus says there is celebrating in heaven, great celebrating in heaven over one one person who comes to Jesus for the first time. One person. And I love that we celebrate that here. When we do baptism, it's a party. We're celebrating and it's awesome. But you know, Jesus tells another story. And he tells a story called the parable of the sower. And he talks about how the message of the kingdom, the message of faith in Jesus is, is like a seed. And that seed gets cast out over all kinds of ground. And he said there's four basic responses to that message of the kingdom. Four basic responses. And he compares them to different types of ground. And the first ground, he says, is like a path. The, the seed goes on top of that path and it can't get into the path because the path is hard. So birds come and take the seed away. And he says, that's like the person whose heart is hard. And the word is, is sown, but they never, they never grasp it. They never pull it in and take it into their heart. They never give their lives to Christ. Now listen to how he describes the second ground. He says the second ground is like rocky ground. And he says the seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. So who's he talking about? He's talking about the person who comes here and encounters Jesus for the first time and says, I'm in. I'm, I'm all in. This is awesome. They receive the word of God with joy. They get baptized. We're celebrating. They're, they're texting yes to Jesus. They're texting yes to prayer. They're texting yes to everything about Jesus, right? They're doing all of those things. Here's what Jesus says. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. So see, if, if, if we're a church that only celebrates when people receive the word with joy, we will be a church full of rocky ground. If we are a church that only, we should, but if we are a church that only celebrates when people receive the word with joy, and that's all we celebrate, we are going to be a church that never gets roots, that never grows up, that never bears a harvest. Okay, because Jesus talks about the soil. He talks about the third soil, which is the weeds, and the weeds come and choke up. And then he says there's the good soil where the seed goes down deep and it roots. And Jesus says it bears a harvest, 30, 60, or 100 fold. That's the church I want to be a part of. So that's the first principle. Second one is this. Attendance without real tangible growth is harmful to the individual, the community, and the mission. This is what we just talked about. That if I attend and I don't grow roots, then what happens? We wither and we die. And we end up worse than when we first started. Okay? If we don't get rooted, we will start withering. So that what that means? It's a, it's a mind shift for us. That means we, we, we actually start to say, Attending at Mountain Park without real growth makes me uncomfortable. And it actually starts to bother me, not because I'm mad at someone, because I know they're missing out 
on becoming the new person that Jesus wants them to be. Okay? We can't, that means we can't allow ourselves as a church to just measure success by how many people here on Sunday. We can't measure our success just by how many people get baptized. We have to also measure our success in terms of how many people are growing. How many people are different? How many people are living love, truth of Jesus every day of their lives? Guiding principle number three, individual and communal discipleship are both necessary for spiritual growth. Both. It is absolutely necessary for spiritual growth for me to be applying Jesus' word in my personal life. Church just can't be a Sunday thing. Jesus talks about going into your closet where no one else can see you and praying to your Father in heaven. He talks about giving so that no one else will know what you're doing at times. So Jesus, he talks about individual personal, that I have to walk out my faith with my wife. I have to love her as Christ loved the church. I have to lead my kids to know and follow Jesus. That's my personal following. But here's the thing, it's not just individual. It's communal as well. Yes, it's not just about church, but it must also include church. I have a question for you. How many disciples did Jesus call? 12. Did he call one? And say, hey, one is good enough. No, why? Because it was a community. There are certain ways that you can only grow when you're in community. Jesus prayed for his disciples to be one. You can't be one with other people if you're not in community. Which leads to the next principle. The best way to move others to increasing ownership of the kingdom of God is through relational leadership. Everybody say relational. Relational. See, some, some approaches to discipleship are resource leadership, which means you want to follow Jesus? Here's a book. Here's a class. Go have fun. Sometimes uh, it's positional leadership. I'm in charge. I'm the pastor. Do what I say. That doesn't work really well here at Mountain Park, just want to say. <laughs> but Jesus didn't do that. Jesus didn't say, hey, disciples, come follow me. Here's a list of 50 things you do. Call me when you're done. Jesus didn't say, do this because I told you so. Jesus walked with his disciples. He said, follow me. That means we're doing life together. He talked to them. He shared their dreams, their hopes, their visions. He walked with them. And what this means is that we as a church have to get to a place where we say, more leaders investing in fewer people deeply is way better then few leaders investing in a lot of people shallowly, right? That if you're, if you're, that one leader sending an email to a hundred volunteers once a month saying, hey, don't forget we're gonna be serving kids this weekend is nowhere near as effective as one leader working with 10 to 12 people and saying, how are you doing? What can I pray for you? What scripture have you been reading lately? This, by the way, means, means we need a whole lot more leaders. So just planting that seed. Okay, more leaders investing in few people is the way to go. So principle number five, training that increases actual effectiveness in discipleship and purpose equips and inspires leaders, okay? This means that our resources and training should be designed not for the transfer of information, but for actually to equip you to walk out your discipleship and your leadership better. 
So we're, we're preparing, our tra- preparing our training and our discipleship resources, and we're writing a whole bunch, and our thought is not, what does somebody need to know only? What do they need to know in order that they may live the flourishing life that Jesus has for them? Okay? So those are five basic principles, five key principles we're building our ministries around as we move forward. So let me talk now about, bring this home and talk to us about us ourselves and say there there are three what we call discipleship dispositions. Three ways that, that we primarily interact with Jesus, our frame of mind towards Jesus. And the first one is this. First one is learning. That we come to Jesus and we say, I need to learn from you. And I, can I tell you, this is a great place to be. Do you know, what it, do you know why? It requires humility. Yeah. It requires me to say, I don't have all the answers. I don't. And I'm open to someone actually telling me rather than me telling them. I'm open to that. That takes humility. It's a beautiful place to be. This is where the disciples were when they start, first started following Jesus. They didn't know he was going to die on the cross. They didn't know he was going to be resurrected. They didn't know about the Beatitudes. They came and they said, we need to learn. It's like this guy also named Nicodemus. How many of you know Nicodemus? He comes to Jesus at night. He's like, I know you're from God, but holy cow, I don't understand what the heck you're doing. Teach me. He walked away a little bit more confused than he wanted to be. But, but he said, teach me. I need to learn. Then the next one. Live. Lives. So yeah, we're learning, but then there comes a place, a time where we say, I'm not only learning, now I'm applying this to my life. I'm actually going to live out my identity in Christ every day. I'm going to live out, take in Jesus's love every day. I'm going to live this in my home, in my workplace, in my family. I'm going to live this. And the disciples had to come to this point too. There was this time where, where Jesus was staring at a crowd of thousands and thousands of people. And there were only a couple little loaves of bread and a couple fish. And the disciples say, hey, what are we going to do? And Jesus says, you feed them. Uh, what? And then Jesus thanks God for the, for the bread and the fish. And he gives them. And all he gives them is the little piece that he can make from the fish and the bread. And now they have to decide, what am I going to do? Yeah. Am I going to start handing this out? Because if I do, I'm going to run out really fast and people are going to laugh at me. <laughs> what do they do? They go start. And and handing it out. And Jesus multiplies what they do. And they begin to experience him because they are living out their faith. So we have to live. Then the last one. Lead. So yeah, we're learning from Jesus. We need to to be humble and take in the kingdom of God. We want to live this out in our life. And then we have the joy, the privilege, the honor of turning around behind us and saying, I get to help someone else learn. I get to help someone else live. And can I tell you, there is no greater privilege or joy than seeing someone be transformed by Jesus. And we get to be a part of God's redemptive force, his redemptive kingdom on this earth. So where are you? By the way, the disciples had to do that one too. Remember how Jesus died? And then he came back to life, and then he left. Who was in charge of the church? These, this ragtag group of 12 disciples who had just denied Jesus, one of them, who had abandoned him in his tide of need, who argued about who was better than the other, and he gives them the key to the church. Now, when's the last time you denied Jesus? 
When's the last time you did that? If you haven't done it, you're ahead of Peter already. Okay? So don't doubt that he can use you in powerful ways. So let me ask you, where are you in all of this? If you're in this place, let me tell you, this is a good place. This is a great place to be. It's easy to look at this and say, well, this is just where the, this is where the stage one people are. <laughs> like, they're just, they're just, but no, this is a beautiful place. Let me tell you, I have, I have lived in all of these in my journey from atheism to pastor. Yeah. And every single one of these is important. It's beautiful to be here and saying, because you get to discover You get to discover that you are defined by the love and truth of Jesus, that the opinion of other people don't have to rule your life, that your feelings are not controlled by your circumstances, but by the truth of God. You You get to learn about freedom. You get to learn all of that you're forgiven, all these amazing things. It's a beautiful thing, but the the temptation here, the biggest temptation with learning is that you stay here. Is that you stay here. That you get comfortable and you say, I, I really like the, to hear that I'm, that I'm loved by Jesus. I'm really like, but, but I, I, this is where I'm just going to stay for. I just want to live in this learned place. I don't, I don't really want to apply all of that stuff yet. I just want to learn about it. Or, or maybe it's saying, man, I, I don't, I'm not comfortable making this. It's much easier to say, I don't know. It's much easier to say, yeah, Jesus is a pretty cool guy and he said some cool things. Is he the son of God? I don't know. Maybe he is. Maybe he isn't. It's comfortable. Your next step, if that's you, come to Alpha. Don't stay in this place of indecisiveness because when you don't make a decision, you've made a decision. You know that, right? Because when someone invited you to that party and you said, well, I don't know if I'm gonna go or not. And I don't know if I'm gonna go or not. And then the day after you're saying, I don't know if I'm gonna go or not. And you just made a decision by not making a decision. So don't stay in that spot. Come to Alpha. Join me. I'm there. Okay? We'll we'll walk through who Jesus is together. Get to a place where you can make a decision about who Jesus is and whether you're ready to apply this and begin living it out. Okay? And by the way, I'd love to have you with Alpha. If you want someone who want to help lead Alpha, I'd love to have you join me. Maybe you're in the live spot. And you're living. And this is a great spot because now you're experiencing Jesus' power in your life. You're getting set free of things. You're like, oh my goodness, I love people a whole lot better than I did before. You're understanding the power of forgiving people and the freedom that brings to you, right? And so you're walking out this live and it's beautiful. You're applying Jesus to your life. You know what the danger in this is? The danger in this is that you pick and choose, okay? So I have this water bottle. Kids nowadays, they have these water bottles and they put stickers all over them, right? Right? And so what happens when we learn is we say, hey, I'm interested in Jesus. I'm going to learn. I'm going to put that sticker on my, on my water bottle because I'm going to start learning from Jesus, right? And then we get to live, and now we have a choice. Are we going to just pick this sticker with all of the other stickers? Because we can say, you know what? I really like that Jesus says to take care of the poor because guess what? Everybody else likes me when I do that. Because our society says it's important to do that. Because I feel good when I do that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to carry that because it matches this sticker over here as well about caring for the poor. That's really great. I'm going to do that. But, but when Jesus says that I need to give financially to support the mission of the church, do I really need to do that? 
When Jesus says, I need to use my gifts and talents to serve other people and disciple them and help them become followers of Jesus, do I really need to do that? And you begin to pick and choose and instead and you, you, you add Jesus as one more sticker to your water bottle instead of receiving a brand new one. Look, we are comfortable letting Jesus influence our lives. Jesus doesn't want to influence our lives. He wants to give us life. He wants to give us a whole new life. Okay? So if you're living, that's my encouragement. Don't pick and choose. Do what Charlton said. Be all in. Go all in on Jesus. Join a group. Jump in and start serving. Start giving. Read your Bible at home. And take everything that Jesus said as if it's actually true yes. and apply it to your life. All right, now lead. Now it's easy to look at this lead, and if you're in this lead category, it's easy to look at this and be like, this is the green berets of spirituality right here. <laughs> yeah, we're all on the battleship, Pastor Charlton. This is like the Navy SEALs on our battleship, <laughs> right? And being a leader is great. Being a leader is awesome because like I said, there's no greater privilege than helping other people know and follow Jesus. It's a beautiful place to be. But do you know what the temptation with this one is? The temptation with this one is that you stop doing these two. That you see your leadership as the way that you learn and live and you begin to substitute genuine learning and genuine living for your leadership. And I gotta tell you, I've been in ministry a long time and I'll tell you, Everybody I know who's in full-time ministry struggles with this. Everyone. It's just so easy to get complacent. So easy. And so if you're here and you're a leader, I want to encourage you to continue growing. Read that parable that you've already read 70,000 times and say, Jesus, what do you need me to know? What do you need me to know today and how I live my life and how I love people and how I love my spouse? What do I need to know? And then you walk it out and you say, I'm taking you at your word. I'm pa- I've only got one little tiny piece of fish. Somehow I'm going to trust that you're going to make it feed thousands of people, Jesus. Okay, that's what we need to do as leaders. And, and leaders, we want to help you with this. We've got some training we're implementing along with this whole discipleship approach that we're talking about. And so I want you to mark down some dates if you're here and you're a leader at Mountain Park. If you lead anywhere in Mountain Park, if you lead in kids ministry, student ministry, outreach ministry, adult ministries, hope ministries, anything, We're going to invite you to some training to grow in your leadership. The first one is in October, okay? October, October uh, 22nd. This is what we're going to talk about, what would lead at Mountain Park for any leader. Anybody who leads an individual or a group or a ministry or who represents Mountain Park, we want you to come to this and grow with us. And then the next one is going to be in November, and this is going to be what we call shepherding at Mountain Park. This is for you if you lead a group. You lead a group of kids. You lead a group of students. You lead a group of adults. This is for you. We're going to be talking about what does it mean to have the heart of a shepherd, to not just lead your group, but to shepherd your group in relational leadership. And then in January, we're going to do one more training for small, people who have adult small groups. If you're leading an adult small group, we've got some cool things we're launching in the new year. We want to make sure you're aware of them and train you up so that you have the tools you need to really thrive as a leader uh, in those things that we're launching. So we here at Mountain Park are committed to bringing people to Jesus and helping them grow in Jesus so that they can flourish with him in every aspect of their lives. So good, y'all. I don't know how he did that in 20 minutes. (laughs) 
But there's so much more that we're gonna be unveiling and building over the next year. Because like Pastor Jan said, we wanna be rooted. We want our roots to go down. We wanna be, we wanna receive every, we wanna flourish, we want everything that God has for us. And we wanna make a difference. We're on a battleship. And today, I don't know where you're at. Maybe, maybe you're new to Christianity and you're seeking. Maybe you're seeking, what's this Jesus thing? What's this church thing? And you, 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 you want, you're in this phase of learn and learning. I'm, you're the challenge. Sign up for Alpha today. Starts uh, next week. Pastor Jan and the team are gonna be there, answer any questions. Really help you get that foundation inside that Jesus is Lord and you can build your life. And what does it mean to build your life on him? But if you kind of you know about Jesus and you come into church and you're not in a group or you're not serving in an area. Let me tell you something, growth happens, Pastor Jan said, individually, but also in community. Growth happens when you get around others. Proverbs 27 says, iron sharpens iron, so one brother sharpens another. We need each other, we need this sharpening. I have people in my life, I got Pastor Jan in my life, a board in my life, I got friends in my life. They sharpen me and make me better because we're better together. And so maybe there's a group for you. Maybe today it's Marriage Mondays. Maybe your marriage is hurting and learn how to do marriage God's way. Maybe step, maybe you've got a blended family and you're we're struggling with this. We've got a class for that. Or maybe today you're a man that's struggling with an addiction or a hang-up or, or a woman, you're struggling with something in your life. We've got hope for you. Hope groups that are there to help you. Maybe you just want to grow in the Word of God. We've got men's and women's Bible studies and I want to challenge you. Come on, it's time for you to group up. As you walk out the service here, to the left, there's tables and people there that can help you find a group because it's, it's, it's not just about you coming to a group to receive. There's a group that needs you to bring something to them. And then maybe it's time for you to take that next step. It's time for you to step and lead. Come on, you can lead in the corporate world. What about leading in the kingdom world? What about leading in the kingdom because one day your company's gone, but the kingdom of, of God is for eternity. So find your role in God's story. Last week, I uh, spoke about a verse in Ephesians chapter four, verse 11 and 12. It says, now, these are the gifts God gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and the teachers. It's kind of nice. We're a gift to the church, Yon. We're a gift to the church, but what is our role? What is our role as pastors? Is it to do the ministry? No, let's go to verse 12. Their responsibility is to what? My responsibility is to what? Equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. You know, some translations say, my role is to what? Is to equip you for ministry. See, as I look out today, I'm looking at about 400 plus ministers that are sitting, God's ministers that are sitting right in front of me. And our job as we're going through this is to what? To equip you. To do what? To build up the family of God. To make disciples. See, we want to grow wide, but we want to grow deep. See, you're a minister. Pastor Jan and I, we don't go to your workplace. It'd be very weird if we came in. <laughs> hey, this is my pastor. He's just joining me today. He's gonna be in every meeting. It'd be very weird if we showed up at your kids. This is my pastor at your kids' game. They'll think we're stalkers. It's weird. That's not, no, 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 no. Our job is to equip you to go and be a minister throughout the community. Your workplace, God has put you there for this season. To do what? Ministry. Yes. 
There are people that need Jesus. You know, I love, you know, my wife and I lived in Hawaii for four and a half years. And in Hawaii, they love potlucks. Everything is a potluck. You know what's interesting about a potluck? Everybody brings something. Maybe you bring a Lay's party pack to the potluck. Maybe you bring some harvest cookies. These look really good. Maybe you bring some sodas. You bring something. Maybe you, guess what? You bring what my parents love, some Panda Express. Bring some Chinese to the potluck. <laughs> or maybe you bring some Tequila Taco Bell. Bring out some Taco Bell to the potluck. Or maybe if you're like Pastor DeAndre, you bring some Burroughs pizza. Bring some Burroughs to the potluck. And maybe, you know what? You bring some dessert. Nice cake. You see, when you go to a potluck, it would be very bad if you showed up and no one brought anything, right? Everybody would be miserable. You say, what's that got to do with church? You see, there's a gift that's in your life. Scripture teaches that the Holy Spirit, God's presence, gives each one of us gifts. And when we come into the family of God, God says, bring your gift. See, when you come to a potluck, you bring what you like, you bring your, you, you bring your gift, but others open it up and they enjoy it. Yeah. See, your gift was never made for you. There are so many people that need your gift. There are people that are waiting. Right now, there are people that are watching some of your kids so that you could be here and just take a break. Come to church, hear God, worship him. The people that showed up at 6 a.m. this morning and were pushing buttons up, up top and setting up cameras and getting ready to sing, they were bringing their gifts with joy so that what? You could partake and enjoy their gifts and their talents. People greeted you when you walked in. See, it's everybody realizing their role, but there's people that are using their role to what? To bless you, and sometimes it costs them coming up early, but they love doing it because it's their gift. They bring in their gift. What's the gift that you have? Well, pastor, I don't really have that much. I'm just like, you know, it's a great African proverb. I'd love to put up, but we can put that on the screen. Because some people say, I'm just too small, pastor. I'm just too small. If you, if you think you're too small to make a difference, you haven't spent a night with a mosquito. <laughs> See, you might say, pastor, I, I, all I can do is smile. You know how powerful a smile is? Just go to Safeway today or Fry's or Traders, wherever you go. Look at that register and give them the biggest smile. All I can do is smile. Guess what? We, we need some of you, the greeters team, or we need a parking lot team. You just have to smile and tell people hello. Because you know what? They could, a couple could have had the greatest fight with their kids or the couple are fighting in the car. And guess what? They see you smiling. Hey, welcome to church. And all of a sudden, guess what? They smile. And then you say, you know what? We've got Marriage Mondays for you, by the way. Just a hint. You know, just, just, a, just a hint. But they came in with the fight. There was something going on, bad news. And you greeted them with a smile. And the parking lot said, hey, welcome to church. You know what you do? You began to open their heart. And then they came inside you. And people shake their hands, opening the heart. And then the worship team sang. And they began to open up their heart a little more. And then the word of God was preached. And the word of God was sown into their heart. And they left this place with hope. All because it started with someone smiling. It wasn't about the message, it started 
to you, I want to throw some challenges out today. We, we need to build a parking lot team. I'm looking for some of you that just say, you know what, I'm in. We need greeters. We need some camera operators. You know what I heard from our kids' ministry the other day that we've got, we've got our fourth and fifth grader. Uh, we don't have any men leaders. We just, have fe- we just have women. I'm grateful for all the women in the church who love you. Thank you for serving. But I want to challenge some men today because I've got some, some fourth and fifth grade boys who don't have a dad in their life and they need a spiritual dad and it might just be you. And if there's a tug on your heart, come on, those, those boys, they need you. Well, pastor, does that mean I come to nine o'clock and serve and 10 o'clock? Yes, come, because you know what? That kid can go to heaven. His life can be changed because of you. Well, how do you know that? Because at 16 years old, a youth pastor named Alan Preller grabbed me as I walked into the door of a youth building and he saw something on my life that I did not see and he poured his life into me. He took me to his Bible study. He taught me how to read the Bible. He taught me how to pray. He taught me even how to surf and gave me my first surfboard. And I'm in ministry today because of God, I know, but God used an Alan Preller. Some of you, there's some kids, they they need you. There's so many roles today and all I'm asking you to do is to jump in. Realize your role, because your role is important no matter how small, it's important. You know, today is Flamingo Sunday. Jumping Sunday, we're bringing the Flamingo back and I know, uh, let's welcome up the Flamingo. The flamingo's back this Sunday, and so after church. <laughs> oh, Ellie, you're so awesome. <laughs> what I want you to do is after church, I want you to go out, and there's a wall there with a bunch of areas that you can, you can see. There's, there's an area for you. There's an area that's gonna, you can fill out a bunch. We'll follow up. We'll help you find the right area. I love this one. 10-week small group leader because, well, what's that mean? It means in January, we're gonna be doing our next church devotional, all church, every group's gonna do it. It's 10 weeks. I have a vision that we're gonna have 50 groups in January. That's why we're doing the training. I know we don't have 50 small group leaders, but I know there's some of you today that are gonna sign up. For the first time, you're gonna lead a group. It can be a hiking group, a coffee shop group, your home group, yeah, church, doesn't matter. We'll teach you how to do it. Pastor Jan's gonna teach you. Maybe Alpha, this is, this is groups. We need more group leaders. Come on, it's your turn. Fill this out and then guess what? Go to the Flamingo and, and, and drop it in there. You'll get an icy for doing it. So we are saying we love you. <laughs> You're awesome, thanks Ali. But uh, make sure after church, come on. Take, take your next step. Find a group, jump in, watch what God will do. Christianity is fun when you don't just sit on your potential. But you move your potential into its next step. And God begins to use you in making a difference. Pastor Jan said, there's no greater joy. No greater joy. Amen? Come on, let's group up. Let's jump in. Online, you can do it too. We're gonna get ready this morning to... uh, give of our tithes and our offerings, and I showed you the video of Honduras. That's what your giving's doing. It's helping us change lives. And I wanna encourage you today, jumping in. Jump in with your time. Jump in with your talent. What does I say? Jump in with your treasures. I wanna encourage you today with your tithe. Say, what's tithe? 10%. It's holy unto the Lord, the Bible says. God, I'm gonna, I wanna begin to sow in. I wanna get planted at Mountain Park, even financially. I'm sowing into what you're doing here, because there's so much more. You know, uh, people ask me, Pastor Charlton, are you a visionary? Yes. 
have a lot of vision, church. God's gonna do great things here. Let's jump in. Let's jump in with our giving. So as you get ready to give today, you know the ways. You can text to give. You can give online. You can take an envelope in front of you, and as you walk out, drop it in the, in the bucket. But just know, through giving, we're impacting lives. We're impacting lives. Amen. Father, I thank you today as we give. I pray that you would take this financial gift, this tithe, this offering, whether it's given here this morning, whether it's given online, we're all taking our somethings and we're bringing it to you. As John said, you can take that and multiply it. Would you use what we give today, the tithe, the offering, would you use it to build your church? Would you use it, God? Would you use us to touch many more lives? Yeah, in Phoenix, here in Arizona and throughout the world. So bless the gift that is given, seed that is sown, Thank you today that as we seek first your kingdom, you promise to take care of ours. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.